Barnswell Boxing. You're welcome on in. Ireland's Boxing Weekly Podcast on all things amateur, professional, domestic and international. If you'd like to listen to any or all of a back catalogue of almost 200 episodes, perhaps you just want to find the links to our YouTube channel or any of our social media platforms, go to www.endswellpod.com on the past, present and future of Irish boxing. And you most certainly are welcome on into this very first episode of 2022. I hope you and yours have had the best Christmas and New Year holiday possible. It's my absolute favourite time of the year. And no, not for what I get from it, but for the ambience, the good feeling, and dare I say the, the love. It really is and was the most wonderful time of the year. But it's as far off now as it ever was. There's a blank canvas ahead, 12 months to work and build new dreams. And as I look back over show notes from this time 12 months ago, January 2021, my message, my mindset was to stick together, not to panic, that we get through this together, that it was a little bit uncertain and a little bit frightening for some. And if not collectively, figuratively speaking, we would and we did get through it together. The way I'm choosing to see COVID and the uncertainty that it's still bringing and wreaking on us 12 months, 18 months on, is that it's like winter. It brings horrible conditions, difficult conditions, difficult weather, uh, things that we just have to get over, get through and get on with for the likes of January, maybe some some of, of February, if not all. And then, as, soon, as true as spring arrives, so too will the, the warmer weather, the longer evenings, Everything starts to improve and the annoyance that that is COVID and has become COVID over the last while will somewhat disperse a little and we can then continue to live. But until then, I guess, it's a case of just being a little bit careful, boxing clever, figuratively speaking, and uh, watching out for each other as best we can. All that remains for now is to be where your feet are, live in the present and be as real as you can. I used to see January as a time where you just basically plod on get through it until we start to get towards the the brighter evenings. But now I'm choosing to see it as using it as a time to put the building blocks in place and for for what's going to come further down the line. I don't like to look too far ahead. I just like to be right here now. There's quite a few changes and new features coming to the podcast and the um, infrastructure around it, websites, social media, and just the way I do my business over the next while. I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds with it now. All of these changes and all of these features you're going to see as we go ahead and move along. And speaking of moving along, something that I've been mindful of as a one-man show from Day Dot is the want and the need and the importance of keeping things fresh, of not wanting to become boring or repetitive. I've always liked the idea and instigated collaborations whether it was with Kieran of Boxing Bands, Stephen in Boxing Tickets Northern Ireland, and so on and so forth. Truthfully, I've always had one eye on finding a co-host. But for that to work and for it to be successful, the, the dynamic has to be right. And I believe in today's co-host, even though he's in Australia, despite and in spite of the fact he's from Nace and I'm from Newbridge, I believe Binny is the ideal man to take up the mantle. And we've linked up a couple of times in the run-up to Christmas, one of which I made an absolute arse of. Brief introduction, Binny Fallen, 
Nace, born and bred, emigrated to Australia. He's been living in Perth for the last number of years. He is a huge boxing fan. He's had a couple of fights himself as a pro, semi-pro. He knows the sport inside out. He's passionate about it. He loves it. He follows it closely. He speaks really, speaks the truth. And without any further delay, it's a pleasure to introduce you to Binny Fallen. And we'll take two, Binny. There's not many people that say it's a pleasure to have a conversation with me, but thank you anyway. Yeah. Cheers. I've no, I've no doubts whatsoever. It's um, it's always a good conversation. But how are you keeping? How's the weather going? It's better than there. I'll put it that way. How is Christmas in Australia? Tell the people because I know what it's been like. I've been there on on Coogee Beach. How do you find it? Boring. It's just another day. Another day to meet. You know, no family. It's not the same. You know, it's not the culture. Yeah, it's very strange to be eating food or to be eating dinner. And some people don't even. A lot of them don't even do turkey, do they? <laughs> no, we're just not cut out for it, lad. We're not designed. But look, it's it's something I said to everybody. Try it. It's it's a it's an incredible place. It's 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 a special place. It offers so many opportunities, especially if you're involved in sport or you have any interest in it. I'm much good at many sports, but they tell they tell you they are, wouldn't they? They're, they're they're big believers in themselves, but that's not a bad thing either. But we're here to talk about boxing, and speaking of Australia <laughs> and Australian boxing, mate, it's been simmering, it's been smouldering, which I would like to say started, I suppose, by Jeff Horn and our very own Dennis Hogan. It's going through the gears now, isn't it? It is. It is. And finally, there's individuals kind of coming out of it. You know, it's it's not um it's not a dense populace, you know, but. It's there is talent there, yeah, but it's getting it outside Australia because geographically, it's difficult. Yeah. You know, you know to get to attract people to come to Australia and even fights within Australia, getting people to like purchase a five-hour flight, <laughs> you know, from the nearest city, getting people to come over here for a fight is just near impossible. It's the geography doesn't suit. And put that in perspective for people: five hours flight from it's that's just that's probably from Melbourne, is it, or Adelaide? It's basically a around the world trip, nearly just to have a fight in your own country. <laughs> with the current scenario, with lockdowns and everything else, how are you fixed there at the minute? It's been uh, difficult. There's very small selection of the cards, very small. I suppose we can kick off the conversation, Benny. Cambosis has taken it to a level now that the likes of Jeff Fennick, the likes of Jeff Horn, and the likes of our very own Dennis took it to and I think it's fair to say a little step beyond he's he's just absolutely turned the boxing world upside down hasn't he completely I mean who would have thought that coming really you know it's the, the one person who didn't see it coming most importantly was Lopez he gave him no respect he just complete Lopez had no hunger and Cambosis like he said in was starving you could, you know, there was, there was a huge difference there in desire. Lopez just presumed he had to just turn up. And that was it. I've been in the big leagues. I've been in the guys that, that have the experience. Me and my father, dynamic duo. About 20 years in the game together. So me and him, we got, we got everything. We don't need nobody else. I'm only getting better. The Lomachenko fight helped me. It helped me a lot. Now I have more things that I could put into my arsenal, into my style, that this guy's not even going to see. You talk about me being chinny. You don't even know what's coming. You think it's just the right hand. I'm telling that's, you, that's dude, your downfall. It's, it's a whole that's bunch of things. Downfall. My guy, I could do it. Bring I could break whatever. you down right now. Hey, and, and bring you're whatever not you got to the we, table. Lucky, I could fight tomorrow. We'll you're right lucky we're not, Let's do right now, you're lucky we're not oh, fighting hey, today. Right now. In reality, I'll put you yeah. in a fucking stretch. Yeah, you wouldn't even make white. You wouldn't even make white, boy. To compare it to where Lopez found himself 12 months before. And look, you can look at it back and they can say they had all these evidence of injury and illness and all that. 
Lomachenko had the same, but he didn't use them. He didn't use any excuses. He didn't present any sort of scans. He showed a photograph of him in a hospital bed after shoulder reconstruction, but that was that was it. The Lopez, what's the plural of Lopez's? Lopai. <laughs> Their behaviour before and after was absolutely despicable. It, it it brought shame to the boxing world, I would say. I can understand that the dad being the biggest supporter and full belief in his son and, you know, challenging it that way, but when it becomes delusional, true love, he's actually taking away from his son. Do you know, he's an, he's an embarrassment. He's not going to, he's not going to progress his son's career at all. I mean, did you hear him in the corner? Even his advice? Could you hear the? Could you hear his advice in the corner? Time, take your time, bro. The right hand is working. Finish him already. What the fuck is going on? All right, just relax. That was all. That was all balanced. It was all balanced. That wasn't a hard shot. It was all balanced. And when you look at back to George Cambosis and his dad, they're everything that's good about boxing. They're just, they're incredible. They are champions before they ever got the belt. They're the embodiment of what it should be. It's, it's just crazy, man. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, everything's just been brilliant for George at the moment. We were at the hospital. We got all the CT scans done. Everything's all clear. Feeling really good. My phone is just inundated with messages. That's obviously comes with the territory. That fight, yeah, got pushed back, and that's enough to pretty much put a boxer off their um, off their game plan, you know. But I, I was handling all that aside from that. I said to George, don't worry about all that stuff. I, I, my words can't express it, but I'm telling you, George, if I see any change in your persona, I'll put you back in your place. Doing it all his life, every time he's picked up the straps back home in Australia, let him enjoy it, but then I always remind him, what was your end goal? You want to be a world champion. Well, now you're undisputed. But the thing is, I'm not going to let him get too far ahead of himself because everybody now is coming to get what he's got. And you look at Lopez, not just his performance, but his pers- his personality coming into it and after. That's then yes, we want characters, but we don't want wankers. He's lost credibility after. Do you know, he's completely lost respect. That was the finish we hoped and wished and should have got for Dennis when he beat Munguia. That's what we wanted. That's all we want. And that Dennis, I believe, would have done the exact same thing. And that's not saying coulda, shoulda, woulda. That's just stating facts. George took it to that next level. He left no doubt about it, and he got his just rewards. Take us into our, our next segment where we're going to talk about the heavyweight division. And Jerry Cooney believes when the heavyweight division is on fire, boxing is on fire because it filters down through. So the big dogs are at it. There's no bigger dog right now than the big Bow Wow himself, Mr. Tyson Fury. I always wanted to be a world heavyweight champion professional. Anything less was a failure in my eyes. And ever since, from being 14 years old, I never ever for one day doubted myself. I don't believe in waiting for things. I don't wait for nothing in my life. I take it while I can. And it was all about winning belts and being a champion. But when you've done all that, what's it about then? I seen a thing on Mike Tyson recently and he said, these belts are worthless pieces of shit. They mean nothing. And he said, I sacrificed my life for this rubbish. For what? I'd wake up and i think, why did I wake up this morning? This is coming from a man who had everything. Money, fame, glory, titles, a wife, a family, kids, everything. I didn't care about living, I just wanted to die. I used to drink and take drugs to get away from the depression. I don't suffer with mental health when I'm active, when I've got a goal. And I think most people will vouch for this. If you suffer with mental health problems, you tend to suffer them when you're on your own, when you've got a lot of time to think and when you're not doing much. But when you're busy on a daily basis, you don't have enough time to think about mental health. And 
I'd figured out, what if I exhaust myself in the gym? I come home and I'm too tired to think about anything. I just want to get some food and go to bed. Best way to live is fit and healthy. When you're out of shape and you feel unfit and you feel terrible, then nothing's going to go right. If you feel fit, you feel good. Talk to me a little bit about your your take on Fury and, and what it means to you and to boxing fans in general. All you think is his achievements within the ring are absolutely, they're unquestionable. But what he has achieved outside of the ring in terms of the effect that he has had on people who suffer from mental health the world over, not just boxing fans, you know, that effect that he has had on lives, that is, he's been the loudest voice ever for people who have suffered from mental health. He really has. Nobody else has come out and sacrificed their own dignity so much for the cause. You know, it's it's bizarre because, and like I said, I hate to use the word roughly, but people will call him. You know, I'm only using that. No, I know. Just, yeah, here, here he is, being the most exemplary human being. Uh, if you when I say exemplary human being, uh, an inspiration, self critical, very honest. He's kind of like a, a breath of fresh air. He's authentic. I fight because of, I don't know anything else. I've always been a fighter from being born to being 30 years old now. I don't even care about glory and honor. I don't care about legacies. I don't care about winning titles or or, or medals. It doesn't matter. But when I set my mind to doing something, I'll do it. And every single time I've ever set my mind to anything, I've done it. When did he arrive on your radar? Well, he arrives on everybody's radar with the character that he is. He displays what boxing can be, as in that when he was in the darkest place, all his family, his loved ones, everyone, there was nobody that could make him change. The only thing that made him change was boxing. It it, it envelopes your life. It takes out like it, it really does, and it carries you. And in you where where you know where often you might you know, ignore your family, not deliberately, but there, there's nothing kind of that gets through to you like boxing does. You know, it's it's bizarre. I, I can't explain it. Uh, I obviously I'll, I'll admit I've had mental health uh, difficulties. Um. And you know what? Boxing is the only thing that I never lied to. I never, you know, I never hid anything from it. Often I've went to the gym not wanting to be in the gym and felt like shit, but then had the best training session in my life. That's happened many, many times. Until you're actually working out and get into the, into the groove, I don't think you can really know what you're going to feel like until you start training, because mm. if you went on how you felt before the gym sometimes, then you won't be in the gym at all. Every time I go to the gym, and do a little bit of training, whether it be a lot or little, I always go out of a shower and I think, I feel great now. Training sets off an endorphin in your blood that makes you happy. Contentment is the word we're looking for. Contentment doesn't come through material stuff, jobs, positions, fame, glory, money, anything. Contentment, you'll never find contentment while you're chasing that sort of stuff. I think the, the way to beat mental health is setting goals, giving yourself short-term and long-term goals. I've struggled in the past. I thankfully, touch wood. I've never, I've never hit the depths that that many people have. I, but I, I, I noticed it, Vinny. If I'm being honest, as a teenager, you know, and you, I'd be on top of the world. I'd be absolutely flying. I'd be, and there's other days I'd be just sitting there. I don't know what's wrong. I have everything I want. Not I don't have everything I want, but I have anything I need. I'm in a good yeah. place. I'm happy and everything. And for some reason, it's just it's like I, I couldn't understand it, and I didn't understand it until. Until much later in life, and and thank, but there's a lot of people suffer a lot worse. So what he did, 
to lift the lid on it and to wear it almost with pride. Yeah. If we go to the boxing realms of, of Tyson Fury, I, I do often try to remember when he first arrived on my... Um, I think I think it was back around the Tresora fights. I think it's when he really... Like, he was a bit... Everybody kind of saw him as a joke for a while, didn't they? Yeah, just a press conference clown, like... <laughs> David Price is a pussy. I say that first class, straight to the camera. You know, he doesn't deserve a fight with Tyson Fury. What's he done? Knocked out a 50-year-old man and another guy never had a heart. He's like uh, the Wizard of Oz, man, isn't he? He needed to go get a heart. Okay. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Listen, that's only what small people the say. Listen, I can guarantee you, the bigger they are, the harder they punch, the better men they are. I'm going to win Saturday night because I'm unbeatable. Tyson Fury is going to be the best heavyweight of all times. The fact is, was he offered to fight? Pavetkin is a complete pussy. Pavetkin don't want no part of me. I've been after Pavetkin when I was a fat, out-of-shape kid, and I'd have beat him then. Let's see what he can do, Pavetkin, WBA, paper champ. Are you ready? <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> it must have been cold air in my shadow. <laughs> you are the wind beneath my wings. Um, I'm just wondering if the bottom of Steve's boots have been sponsored because as there's going to be a lot of people watching around the world I'd like to put my Twitter account on the bottom of them so I can get more fans on Twitter Some people say I'm like Brad Pitt but just a better looking version 6 foot 9 version you know Hello everybody my name's Tyson Fury or as the doctors call me when I was born fucking hell get this woman another epidural I mean, because his persona is so outlandish, you would, you you could be fooled into thinking clown. Even the way he boxes, his style, it's not, you know, there's nothing methodical about it as such. You know, there's nothing predictable. It's, it's his character again. You know, he's just elusive, unpredictable. You just, it's, it's so unique. You know, he, he really is, um, he's a, a very, very special human being. He really is not just a sportsman. What do we see for Fury for the next 12, 18 months? What do you think? I think he'll cash in. I think he's aren't that right. He's just looking for two big fights. The thing about it is, there, there isn't that calibre of opposition out there. As in, back in the, you know, when I say back in the day, you know, there was, there was the calibre of opposition to get them repeated tests. Who else has he got? He's got Joshua. He's taking care of Wilder. No doubt about it. Usyk and that's it. Like, there's nobody else out there that can, he doesn't want. He wants nothing but challenges. Can you see Tyson Fury taking an easy fight? You know, he makes he makes he makes nothing easy for himself. I would say, if I'm going to speculate, if I want to see him ride off into the sunset, to put a legacy up there amongst the greatest, which I think he is. I don't do pound for pound, but I think like matching him up against any name, he has all the attributes. If I could have a dream ride off into the sunset, it would be in no particular order: AJ, Usyk, Dillian White, and Joe Joyce. And then bye bye, Miss American Pie. And I think if he did that over eighteen to twenty four months, I think he is then without a shadow of a doubt in 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 the conversation for anybody when it comes to the heavyweight greats. I'd give you Joe Joyce because he'd be taking on a young a young hungry lion there. I just don't think he's got much credibility in beating white horses or you know the, the likes of them. He's way above them. Just a little footnote on this. Since I spoke to Vinny and over the last few weeks, it's been played out once again in the media. The ongoing arguments and debates about Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. The WBC are implying that it should be an 80-20 split. Dillian White is arguing that he's worth more. 
Tyson Fury is saying that's what it is, that's what it's going to be, take it or leave it. In the meantime, it looks like Matchroom are now going to take that to the WBC. And rightly so, while all that's going on, Tyson Fury and his team have said, listen, we're not hanging around, we want to fight in March. So that's what they're going to do. It looks like it's going to be one of either Finnish opponent Robert Hellenius, who's ranked 13 by the WBC, or the well-known Mexican who turned the boxing world upside down about 18 months ago, Andy Ruiz Jr., who was ranked 3 by the WBC. Both very solid contenders, both very solid opponents, and more than worthy of, of a shot at Tyson Fury, and will more than keep him ticking over. They'll certainly give him plenty to think about in different ways. So whatever happens in the meantime between Dillian White, the WBC, and their rankings there remains to be seen. Another thing I know you were keen to chat about, Vinny, was the performance of Irish professional boxers over the last few years. Uh, something that's kind of left you frustrated somewhat, to say the least. You know, I'm more patriotic than I am on this planet. But I think we fall short in the big fight. I think recent times, again, it's not slurring them, but just examples, say John O'Carroll, Luke Taylor, even Dennis against Charlo, Quigley most recently. It's their willingness to get in where other countries and fighters are more select, they're more tactical, they cherry pick. Irish people just, yep, yeah, put me in, I'll do it. It's it's almost like sometimes we make ourselves cannon fodder. And again, look, that isn't a criticism. I think that is just the way we are culturally. I don't I don't know what the other, you know, what the boxing community at large would think of that, but if Irish people are to change that way, it would kind of have to come from grassroots to create talent more than effort and because we ne- we'll, ne- we'll never lack effort well I agree with your, what you're saying I'm thinking laterally and what, I, what I'm thinking is it seems to be no it won't say it seems to be it is it's a lot easier to get a world title fight or a to become a title contender now than it ever was before for, take for example go back to Barry McGuigan go back to Wayne McCullough go back to those fighters Dave Boy McCauley all those like Steve Collins, um, Eamon Lochran, incredible people, incredible fighters who had to almost leave a piece of themselves in a ring somewhere in, in LA or in Detroit before they could ever get a fight. But I think when they got those fights, there was very little chance or very little question of them leaving it behind them. What's happening these days is the world title fights are coming around a lot quicker. I, won't, I don't want to say easier because it's not easy to get a world title fight. Um, I do see what you're saying. And do you think, do you think it's, what do you think? I, I, am I making sense? Uh, yeah, no, you are. I, I just think, how would I put it? We're, we're fighters. We're not boxers, generally. It, it, it's, it spreads into other sports as well. I'm putting it out there as in, you know, what other people would think in that regard. I don't know, is this... Is it limiting us? I have had this conversation with you before. We've we've been we we're historically known as the Fighting Irish, and I've I've questioned over everything that's happened in Ireland politically, uh, socially over the last twenty years. I've wondered where has that spirit gone because we don't see it as much anymore, do we? No, I don't think you see it anywhere in the world. So you know, is it bread hours? I think generationally the world is getting softer. Yeah. It really is. And that's not us being all tough guys. It, you know, it's the fact of the matter. I think it's a fair point, Benny. I do. I j- and I'm not agreeing with you for this. If I didn't agree, I think... And I'm not... No, no. Oh, I, I grew up in hedge schools. There's a lot coming to a lot of people a lot easier, is what I'm saying. Yes. We had to earn everything. It wasn't like a terrible country, but there's a sense of entitlement in younger people now these days. That filters through into sports. 
want to just reaffirm here that this is not myself or Binny trying to be controversial or trying to draw a clickbait or anything else. It is a conversation, a topic that we've had amongst ourselves off air quite so quite a lot over the last few weeks and maybe the last couple of years. It's not aimed at anybody in particular. It's not a criticism of anybody in particular. It is really just myself and himself airing our thoughts and having that conversation on the podcast. It does impact and infringe on boxing sometimes, we feel. But what are your thoughts on it? Do you agree? Do you disagree? It's not a monopoly here. It's not a dictatorship. And this can't continue without your continued support and input. So it'll be brilliant to hear what your thoughts are on it. Please don't hesitate. Get in touch through any of the social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email. Or if you go to www.enswellpod.com, our brand new website. There is a feature there where you can record a voice message. Send it through and we'll pick it up. And you never know. There might just be a prize in it courtesy of our amazing sponsors I know you think this is going to be nice man bias but I think one person that could book that trend is Gary Coyle yeah. yeah. I really do I think he just has the amateur experience the physical attributes are that they're so unique honestly and I mean he's comfortable inside as well it's the combination of Pete Taylor old school Niall Barrett this other trend modern day scientific he's got it all everything is there for him to climb the ladder and he's doing it selectively he's actually not just being the, the typical Irish man and going I'll fight anyone you know he has been methodical with who he's fought tell you what he's getting through with some shots here he hit Kotochkov with a decent shot with it on and he backed up Kotochkov and then looked to fire back but then he's really sharp coming isn't he is, yeah. that wide stance that long reach he has good shot there oh. Oh, that's an absolute cracker, and he might well wave this off. Oh, I think that's surely it. Count him out, please. And eventually, eventually that is done. He tried to get to his feet, umping over and rolling over, and finally the referee waved it off, and that count was dispensed with, and that was a cracker. Gary Cully just continues to rise to the occasion. I'll be honest with you, I was expecting him to win it, but I was expecting him to have to go to the, go to the well. I genuinely thought this is one where Gully has to go to the well and he absolutely fucking starched him. I think there's three fighters right now that are going to book the trend that me and you were talking about. I think there's Gary is one. I think Pierce O'Leary is another. And I think Kevin Ajarko, from what he's done up to now and what he did at the weekend on his debut at Matchroom. I think mm. we're in with a real shout of having three world-level boxing stars. Yeah, and Jarko especially to me looks like a very polished all-round. Already seen Kevin Ajarko look for that right hand over the jab of Larios. Also seen him in the media workout was jabbing to the the body, looking for the right hand over the top. Moving his feet well out of range. So impressive, it's Chris. Again, coming out of the line of sight of, of Larius, down by that hip, and then the left foot comes off the back of the right hand. Now he's hurt, and Ajarko follows up, and he steps the referee and calls time. Two minutes and eight seconds of round number nine. The winner by TKO and the new WBA International Middleweight Champion, Kevin Black Thunder of
I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as myself and Vinny enjoyed bringing it to you. You're going to hear a bit more from Vinny over the coming weeks and months, at least once a month. It depends how much love is shown, maybe a little bit more. It's always great to hear boxing conversation from like-minded fans and it's okay to differ too. But while we're easing our way into the new year, I think it's important to remember that sometimes, sometimes, a lot of times, sport, life, and boxing especially, can get complicated, overcomplicated. Now I appreciate as much as the next person that it can be a hugely technical sport and it is vitally important to acknowledge that as well at a very elite level. But what is equally as important is the building blocks, the stepping stones, the fundamentals of boxing to get them right. And I feel over the last 12 to 18 months, a lot of fighters have been, for want of a better word, exposed for having tried to skip a level or two and they've either not been able or they've had to go back and correct it and 18 months on find themselves pretty much where they were when they started out or, or not long after. Where am I going with this? A guest you've heard on here quite regularly and quite a lot who is always lights up our ears and brings a smile to our face. She's a supremely talented young lady but she's an absolutely beautiful young lady, a beautiful personality and I know her dad and her coach, Cliff, tells me that there is a little bit of spite when she goes through the ropes, which which is vital as well. But I don't think there is a more aptly named fighter in the game right now, amateur or pro, than joyful Ella Thompson. And I spoke with Ella, again, just before Christmas, uh, about, I suppose, the impact of the boxing year, the Olympics and boxing in general. You're in for a real treat with this one. I'm good. How are you? I'm good now. I'm good. I'm good that we're starting to get back to some sort of normality. Back full steam ahead now. Yeah, we were just training this morning as well. How did you enjoy the Olympics? I know they're um, something that are coming firmly into your thoughts now. And I know it seems a long time ago and people might be saying, oh, she's only young and all that. But I loved watching them. And you could just like picture yourself being like, in a few years, that's going to be me. I love, yeah, I just loved watching them. And tell me this, you say a few years, are we Are we thinking, how far away are we thinking? Because I know when I talked to you first about it, it was an awful, it seemed an awful lot farther off. Um, realistically, and, and I'm not putting you on the spot, and I know you're a bigger, you're more realistic than I could ever be, so what would you be thinking? The Junior Olympics first, and then the 2028 Olympics. And the juniors are, will be just after Paris 24, won't they? Yeah, I think it's like when I'm around 15, 16, 17, around that age. And that seems, as I said, forever away, but it's not really because you guys know acutely what you have to work on, don't you? You know what it is you're doing and when you have to do it and on what level. Yeah, the time would just fly, like trying to like practice it all. You wouldn't feel the time just going. What are the things that you would feel right now that you'd be working on? Or is it an all-around game? Is it an all-around style? All around, but mostly like our reaction, how quick we can like, um, but like jump out, get back in, and tap and not get hit. So probably our reaction is the most. Trying not to hesitate. And, and catching the old man on the way out, just to remind him that, that, that I'm getting faster and you're getting slower. Yeah, he used to be hitting me in the head. Now <laughs> had the tables of food. Oh. Not to go away from the Olympics yet, we know who your favourite is, we know who your idol is, we know who your role model is. When you're looking at like Michaela and you're looking like Kelly and you're looking at the rest of the girls, 
what did you think of them? Um, I think they all felt really good because Kelly, like at the start, she like didn't she didn't start as good, but then to finish with a win like that, it was just she did really good. How she was losing at the start and how she like it came back with this amazing comeback and what were you thinking as you watched that final because I know, I've told your dad how I, I was like I was probably like a little schoolgirl myself sitting on the couch I was thinking I'm going to head my hands at one stage and then the second round I was standing up on the couch and by the end I think I was somewhere in between <laughs> I was probably standing between <laughs> the couch and the, the chair <laughs> reliving it now I'm getting I'm kind of getting goosebumps here thinking about it Ella but uh, there was it was like three fights in one really wasn't it you, you didn't know like which way it was going because at the start you're like oh come on and then in the middle you're like keep going come on and you're just sitting on the end of the couch and she just popped she boxed perfectly it was just at the end it was just perfect to watch like so when you're training and you're building your style and we know your style we know some of the stuff we we don't know all the trade secrets because we don't deserve to know them and, and opponents will get to learn them which is we'll come to that in a minute we need opponents and we need fights if there's anybody listening get their act together and get the shows made because it's time now to get you girls back on the road and the guys and get you competing. That's, yeah. that's another day's podcast and another day's story. But when, when you're, you're training, would it be like a case of that kind of get sparring in so that you're getting the different types of spars for different types of opponents who might mix it all up into one, into one fight? Yeah, we got to try spar like, well, most people are taller than me, but we got to try spar people that are taller and people that can be like southpaw and like, that are, are dominant and all that. So we've got to try to have the long length, long reach. And how much of a nightmare are southpaws? I was trying to explain to my little fella, he's 12, and he's just shaking his head. And I think I think that's what a lot of people do with southpaws, isn't it? They shake their head. Yeah, they're really difficult and you have to, they're awkward. You just got to try to stay outside of their foot. Like they're setting, you got to try set traps and then catch them right down the pipe because they're very difficult. Now, we got a clinic from a Southpaw a couple of weeks ago, a certain big weightlifter from the UK who has been all over the media about staying humble and everything else over the last week. Did you watch Josh Usyk and did you watch watch him fighting Joshua? Yeah, we did. We watched his fight. I suppose AJ showed the classic way not to fight a Southpaw. Southpaws, they're so awkward because they can, you have to make sure you move your head because they just, they tap you all the time and they always have like their hand out and just ready to hit. You always have to have your, try and have your foot outside of their lead foot because if you have it in, you're just, you're just dead meat. <laughs> you always have to have it outside of their foot. And then they're like, their one thing is the big lead hook in the backhand straight down the middle. So you've got to be wary of that. It's almost funny that AJ forgot about it, isn't it? I don't know how he forgot about it because they've just, southpaws are known for their jab, just going straight down the barrel. I think he forgot about the fundamentals of fighting. You got it there and won the fundamentals. And that's, that's your stage of fighting right now, isn't it? You're, you're putting those blocks in place. And how important are they? They're very important because you can do all these fancy shots, but as long as you have the fundamentals, you can hit and not get hit. And that's the most important thing in fighting. From the time I started chatting with you, you're getting taller, you're getting stronger, as Da will tell us. Mike Tyson was the smallest fighter on the block for his whole career. It's an advantage when you know how to make an advantage, isn't it? Yeah, because you can be in on top of them. And if you're in on top of them, they can't hit you. You can just pound the body off them and they can't hit you yeah. as long as you stay in. There you go. There you go. And that, for anyone that isn't familiar, or is just a, that's a crash course in fundamentals of boxing. It sounds very simple. It is very simple, but you got to have the skills, pay the bills, and you got to be able to do what this young lady does all the time. How look? How yeah. how much are you looking forward to? Are you getting back in the ring? Getting back competing? 
getting back doing what you want to do best to make all these changes pay off? You don't even know, like just to be training and now have a purpose because we got the louds in two weeks. So now to know that we're training for a purpose rather than just training, like not knowing when our next event will be, it's like massive. You were an inspiration to a lot of people, Ella, adults and children alike during lockdown. You made your little video messages on a daily basis and I'll be honest with you, you lifted me a couple of times when my old sad ass was feeling down and, and feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> and you. You've done the same for many others. Now, as you say, it's got a purpose and it'll be the first competition since lockdown. It is because when we were training, like when we got back training, it was great to be back training, but you didn't know why you were training because they weren't, um, the IABA weren't even talking about starting fights. So you're like in competitions, you're like, why are we training? Like obviously to be getting quick and all. But we didn't know why. But now that we got the lads in two weeks, we are like, okay. And we got our heads drilled on and we have a purpose. And how many of those girls will you know when it comes to doing the weigh-in and when it comes to getting yourself ready and it comes to presenting yourself on the day? How many of those will you know when it comes to the draws being made? None, really. Because we don't know, like, after the COVID, we don't know what the weights will be. Some people could have gone, like, up. Some people could have gone down. And uh, so we don't know the weights. If your dad can hear me there, I think it's something that we all can say. There's a lot of us went from being featherweights to super heavyweights, I think, in a short space of time, didn't we, Cliff? Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm the super heavyweight now. <laughs> You'll be up there with breakfast and the lads looking for uh, looking for the super heavyweight Irish titles, but ah, uh, uh, no, no. Yeah, I'm one k plus. Yeah, no, I think I think you're training with Ella. I think, and and that's something else that people don't realize when you're doing those pad sessions and you're doing the the um, the sequences and stuff. You have to have something. You have to have something in the tank. You can't just stand there and and be a target. So it probably comes unknown to yourself as well, is it? It kept you ticking over as much as it kept her ticking over. Yeah, but we just grew together. You know what I mean? We start learning each other's traits again. And, you know, you, you basically, we're on a journey together as a team, as a family, as, you know, father and coach. And what a journey it is indeed. It's very special to watch uh, people who uh, cards on the table become really good mates with. Um, not too many weeks slip by where myself and Cliff don't speak. And it's always, always uplifting to watch not just how talented young Ella is, but to watch the manner in which she goes about her daily training, her daily chores, her daily task. Because be honest about it, as a young teenager in their early teens, there's a million and one other things you would rather be doing, I'm sure, than every day, every evening, every morning before school, making sure you've got those fundamentals in place, whether it's your sit-ups, your press-ups, whatever that drills are, those drills are, you're getting them done. It's very special to see a young lady do it with very, very intense levels of application, but also with the most beautiful, heartwarming smile on her face as she does it. And it's always a pleasure. And uh, and it's, it's a, I'll be honest about it, it's very special to watch this young lady go through the different stages of her young career and watch and wonder where it's going to end because I think the sky is the limit. As the sky is the limit. And thanks to Cliff, thanks to Ella for giving me their time a couple of weeks ago. Somebody else who's on a journey, a remarkable journey. It started out, I would say, maybe maybe not long after, around about the same age as Ella's. And now she finds herself having just come off the back of winning her second elite senior Irish title. She's a special young lady who I've had on here a couple of times in the past. And not long before Christmas, she won her second Irish senior title. Here's Evelyn Negaro. First of all, congratulations. Two-time senior <laughs> champion. 
Has that sunk in yet? How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was re-watching the fight and uh, at the end of it, I didn't even look happy at all. I was just clapping. I feel like it's another step in the journey. I think um, now I won the first one, I think I'm kind of used to it. So <laughs> I ex- I don't really expect less life. In terms of, of preparing and prepare the life of, of, of a, an elite level fighter, how was it yeah. for you and how did you handle it? How did you find it? I, to be honest, I did not like it at all because everything got changed to online and then with college as well, it was really hard. So you had to like go to classes online and everything and then I got myself a job. I give myself a wee break because like the there was no competition and all after I think it was after a few more months and I would sort of get back into it but then I'd have to get the keys to the club myself try work around it with college and work in true Irish style we go from having nothing to okay we're back six weeks senior championships here we go perfect just what you need I suppose isn't it but it literally gives us no time for actual preparation like I think I had five weeks of training and in that five weeks I had college I still have had my part-time job and everything so it was really hard getting back to training it was coming up to two weeks till the competition I fell sick I was sick for like a week and then even coming up to the competition I think I got it back and then I just wasn't myself for that fight certainly didn't tell it certainly didn't because um I think what we're fine then as well and I think you as an athlete an elite level athlete you're able to draw on that um given talent isn't it the natural talent and 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 the rest will follow suit is that fair to say well you have to have the fitness as well if the fit, fitness is not there then it doesn't really fall into place you know five weeks isn't really enough time to say that you're going into elite championships and then I got sick as well I had to try and train while being sick and then just not being myself as well yeah I think there was one stage that I was actually going to pull out because I just did not feel well the last time we chatted as well it was like it was the start of a new era for yourself the little diamond as I call her Dana I'm starting to see a lot of the lads coming through Brandon had one is it's just continued on, hasn't it? It's incredible now to see of talent and and what's coming behind is, is just as strong. Is that, does that put pressure on you? I can't really say not really. Like it kind of does put pressure a wee bit because then everyone else expects much from you, and then if you're just having an off day as well, then people be like, "Oh, what's the problem with her?" And like they expect you to do great. It's it's incredible, and 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 the level is all the time shifting. It's moving. It's going. Now we have a little matter of Paris. We seem to be only over one. We're heading towards another. You're in a particularly interesting division. There's some interesting fights. That... Can you allow yourself to think about that? Or is that just, that has to be in the distance. You're dealing with what's here and now. I'm kind of dealing on what's here and now. Taking a small step. I kind of do have an idea what will happen. Like obviously there will be like box off against certain boxers and all. But I think I'll worry about that when the time comes I think you're right I think what we've seen over the last couple of years the way things have happened you just you just couldn't predict yeah. what's going to happen so and immediate aftermath of the other night did you give yourself a little bit of a pat in the back well done Evelyn I've done well here how do you mark second title what did you do did you, uh, did you have a little bit of a celebration I went back home and I slept and I went into work the next morning <laughs> oh my god so we haven't had that yet <laughs> no is it going to be just a little quiet enough get together with a couple of mates or, or is that not really your thing? Um, is it just that's it's it's because you, that's what you kind of expect of yourself? No, I'm just, I don't have time. Like I'm really busy. I have work and then college and all. So I won't really have time to meet anyone. I think it's just work and training and college. Where to from here? What, what's the box in terms? Surely there's a call now for the high performance. 
yeah, so I think it was last year we got called down after we won the elites, but a few weeks after it, we were basically told to, like, they'll call us whenever they feel like it or they'll call us whenever competitions come arise. And after three weeks, it was kind of like we didn't have an invite in there. I don't know what will happen, but I was called up next week now as well. But it's an assessment on basically which boxers they want to keep on. So it's the same as last year. So I don't think it will be permanent because last year it wasn't. Well, without trying to preempt second guess to be one of those hater trolls or anything else, what my first reaction to that last piece from Evelyn would be, we must have some serious, serious talent on this island if we if that lady can't become a permanent fixture on the elite high performance unit setup because anyone that hasn't watched her box or hasn't seen her style, y- you really do need to see it to believe it. Talented, I don't think, cuts it. I don't think it just does it justice. Thank you, Evelyn, again for your time. As I said, it was a few weeks ago now. It wasn't long after the dust settled on her second Irish title. And how amazing, how humble, how honest, how grounded, hardworking, genuine, decent girl she is. And it's special. It always makes it a little bit more special, the fact that they're just almost oblivious to what they've just achieved. She knows what she can do. But she's got very lofty expectations of herself and who who would dare second guess her right now, as I said. I always look forward to speaking with you, Evelyn. Thanks for your time. I hope you managed to get in a little bit of R&R over the Christmas, a little bit of you time, because Lord knows you deserve it. Irish Power, the best Irish energy drink, and as far as I know, the only Irish energy drink on the market. Put a proper pep in your step. Whether you use it for pre-training or for Monday mornings or to even mix with a drink or two. Whatever you choose, go for Irish Power. It packs a proper punch. And also, top pro boxing. Irish-owned, Irish-run company, Dublin-based. Mike is the man to go to. If you want wraps, if you want boxing gloves, if you want boots, if you want kit, t-shirts, sweatshirts, whatever it is you want, top pro boxing are the ones to go to exporting kit to over 80 countries worldwide whatever it is you need top pro boxing have it and what can I say about Violent Gentleman the best boxing specific brand in the business boxing inspired with a vintage concept it's the brand that boxers all over Ireland are now starting to seek out and wear whether it's leisure wear whether it's training wear Violent Gentleman is based in Belfast the best boxing city in the world as everybody knows and if you don't want to believe me take a look at their website www.violentgent20.com violent inside the ropes a gentleman outside them behave accordingly what's going on? I suppose it's just a different way of reporting on boxing news pertaining to international and national boxing Mick Conlon was announced a couple of weeks ago to fight Lee Wood in Nottingham for the featherweight title I want to say that's the first fight since Froch versus Butte in the Motorpoint Arena in Nottingham uh, it goes ahead on the 12th of March a fascinating clash of styles we want to see the hard hitting come forward style of Lee Wood and the slick smooth movements of Michael Conlon how that plays out and what way it ends up We'll look a little bit closer at as it gets around closer to the time. Josh Warrington faces Kiko Martinez for the IBF belt that he relinquished a little over a year ago. That's on March 26th at the First Direct Arena in Leeds. Gary Cully, his first outing of 2022 versus Aaron Ramalavs. He's 14-1. and That's at the York Hall on February 11th. 
Newly turned over professional Kurt Walker, Kieran Malloy are both set to debut on the huge top-ranked card. Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall, along with Paddy Donovan and a f- host of others at the Hydro in Glasgow on February 26th. Now we hope, hope that COVID doesn't play havoc with that as it stands right now. Sporting in Sports in Scotland have reduced their capacity, their crowds really, I believe, to somewhere down around 500. So hopefully by the time this comes around, that will have changed. Covid did claim its very first victim of 2022 and it really couldn't have been any bigger or any worse. Just 10 days out from the huge light heavyweight world title fight with Joe Smith Jr. and Callum Johnson, Callum tested positive for Covid. He had to withdraw and it's a fate that's been suffered by far too many over the last few weeks and months. A lot of people saying, ah, it doesn't matter, they can refix it. The bad news there for Callum right now is it was a voluntary defence. So there is no mandate to refix that title fight. Will he do it? Can he do it? Who knows? Who knows? There are big fish in that division to fry for Joe Smith Jr. right now. I know last night he got the win under his belt. He carries on now. He is still the champion. Hopefully they can refix that fight. It will be an absolute barn burner. Two huge hitters. Two aggressive come forward fighters. It will be very interesting to watch. And hopefully for Callum's sake and for Joe's legacy... It will go ahead at some point. And after a brief uh, coming to life of the heavyweight division, it appears to be deadlocked once again as deliberations continue of a long protracted negotiating over who Tyson Fury fights next, how the split will be, where it'll go, what way it all that all those cards fall into place. We have to watch that and wait. I believe the purse bids are due on this Tuesday. It had been delayed for a week. It seems that the AJ... Rob McCracken partnership is all about done. He, who he works with next, where he works with is anybody's guess. Rob McCracken, without doubt, made AJ the fighter, the champion that he is and was. It's very easy now to pass the book, leave the blame at someone else's door when, as you heard Ella speak earlier on, a lot of those fundamentals and a lot of those early lessons that Anthony Joshua learned seemed to be just thrown out the door by a couple of coaches who have really not proven or done anything to suggest that they could and should be operating at that level. So I think, I really do believe that Rob McCracken is being singled out here and maybe just thrown under the bus a little bit. Lightweight division is a little bit similar. Um, We've got Garcia, we've got Tank, we've got Haney, all happy to run their mouths and tweet as fast as their little thumbs will have let them. But who steps up? How many of them were willing to step up? They were all massively fast at tweeting as soon as George Combosis beat Lopez who's going to really prove their worth right now I don't know will they will they try to freeze Loma out I don't know we just have to watch and see what plays out in that division but what is beyond the shadow of a doubt is George Combosis is the one with the metal he's the one with all the belts and he is the man who put his money and his balls where his mouth is and he delivered emphatically a little bit closer to home, it looks as if we can expect news on the latest series of Celtic Clash, where and when, who knows, most likely Belfast. It looks like Jamie Morrissey and Robbie Burke will run back the fight that they had a couple of weeks before Christmas. And the news, the biggest news I guess, would be that Jake Hanny and Ray Milet looked to be in negotiations to make a fight there. Hopefully we can hear a little bit more and hopefully this time we can get a full card and a full schedule on the Celtic Clash series because there are some very hungry fighters. They're very itchy knuckles, I'd say, all around the country just waiting and wanting an opportunity. 
just before I wrap up this first episode of 2022. Been a funny old week. It's been a week of, of all sorts. And January traditionally is a month of just keep the head down, get through it, you know. Just keep working, keep ploughing on after the couple of weeks of celebrations and, and love and fun. And uh, it's been a contrast, really. It's It's been, there's been a lot of shade. There's been a lot of dark shadow. But I guess at the back end of it all, we got to find the light. We really got to find the light. Um, what am I talking about? I suppose the news early in the week was about young Shane O'Connor, who tragically went missing early in the week. Uh, I think if I think off the top of my head it was over the weekend he, he was he was being searched for and and the news broke on Monday morning that tragically he had he was dead and another another number another and I don't want to say a statistic because that's the problem right now statistics people are starting to think with their heads as numbers rather than their heart out of emotion and love and and for people that are truly truly suffering and there's a very much a danger. At, at the moment of and, and understand this and listen to this closely when I say it. mental health being used as an excuse it's been used as a brush at times to cover over a lot of dark unwanted behaviour and, and habits in society people that suffer with mental health it's not something that gets switched on and off like a tap it's, a, it's an ongoing battle and this young man of course who's regardless of who his parents are and regardless of of his background or anything else he he has struggled and suffered with that for some time his struggle is over his fight is over he's sadly no longer with us and i mean for for a 17 year old boy that that was something that really resonated really hit me hard early in the week i couldn't get it out of my head for a while a week the news didn't get much better a mate of mine a colleague in work uh, had a, had a bit of a fall bit of an accident he's he's a life and soul he's a larger than life character he's a larger than life persona but um he he had a a bit of a fall and he twisted his knee badly enough to blow it out in in such a way that it needed complete reconstruction now here's the contrast and it's not to undermine the the, the ser- seriousness of of his injury or anybody else's he blew his knee to pieces on Tuesday and on Wednesday morning the surgery was completed to reconstruct and his rehab now begins however however it is a long long road ahead painful and Brendan if you're listening mate I wish you the very best there's nobody as bigger stronger and more stubborn than yourself to be able to to be able to prove a lot of people and a lot of experts wrong so just keep at it keep with it nobody can do it better so there's the contrast a kid suffers for who knows how long and wasn't able to be fixed in this country for some reason. We still haven't grasped that nettle. And I think, to wrap it up, the week ended with a cloud. And it's not just a cloud over a person or a people. It's a cloud over us as a nation. It's a cloud over us as a society. It's a dark cloud that hangs very low over this island. How many times are we going to hear stories like Ashley Murphy? How many more times do we have to wake up to news where some low-life cretin, some degenerate, has dared to put his hands on somebody, on a girl or a female or a child. How, how many times are we going to tolerate this before somebody somewhere does something about it? Is it going to take a return to the vigilante groups, to the community groups around the areas who will just go out and do it themselves? I'm starting to think maybe that's the way. I'm genuinely starting to think because we've got 
way, way overpaid politicians on this island who are paid to do a job. And their job should be first and foremost to protect the people on this island. Now, I've had to retake this episode, retake this piece a couple of times. My blood boils when I think of the likes of Anna Kriegel, the likes of Justine Valdez, the likes of Nadine Lott, Anne Coolmines, Natalia Kazin, and now Ashley Murphy. Is the list going to just keep going on and getting longer and longer, or is somebody going to grasp the nettle and make a legislation, a very clear and definite zero-tolerance quote? Because that's what it needs. I'm not going to go on too long about it, but I've long, long since believed that the Irish, as a society, as a whole, we've, we've become almost used to hearing, enabling, indulging behaviour, actions of others, who, depending on who they are relative to life or relative to society or relative to their status almost, will determine what sort of, beha- what sort of retribution is sought. What sort of... Is it fair to ask a question, have we become accustomed to going about daily life in a default setting, a sanitised, desensitised, emotionless state, where we, we kind of don't react too much when we hear about stuff? And then we do in, in other scenarios where, because the person is of an upper class society, that they their the crime visited on them is so much more worse than somebody who might be unlucky enough to be homeless. Is that the case? Because it damn well shouldn't be. And I'm sorry, but hashtag campaigns, social media campaigns, vigils, petitions, they're touching. They're heartwarming at times. They're devastatingly heartbreaking also. But they're not good enough. It's time to bring some very, very clear and definite state of laws. We're just not taking this anymore. I wish nothing but love positivity for the family of Ashley Murphy and for anybody else who has found themselves in that position over the last number of years and just before I wind it up I want to thank Evelyn I want to thank Ella I want to thank Binny and I want to thank anybody else that's given me their time apologies if it took a couple of weeks longer than I anticipated to get an episode out but it's important to get the building blocks as Ella will tell us in place for, for a successful and bumper 2022 that's about it for me and Emma then. Thank you for taking time to listen. I ask again, just please take a good 30 seconds or a minute or so to share the link, spread the word, and look forward to what's coming down the line. Stay safe, stay sane, and smile. And remember, all's well that ends well.